it afterwards. Talk Talk Radio. Radio. And here we go. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, solo master, vineyardist, and speaking expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com. All about wine BTR. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash all about wine BTR. And now, all about wine is all. Here's Ron. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, had a. Uh, last week was off, and uh, so we didn't have a show last week. We're back. Everything's working good, and we are live on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. So, uh, what, oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And watching the Facebook comments, in case you have a question or anything, uh, we are watching that. And um, just go to the Facebook page and say hey or whatever, and we'll probably give you a shout out uh, real quick. Yeah. So. Yeah, good stuff. Welcome I, to the program. I have been doing some sorting through boxes and stuff, and uh, some old wine books and things that I've accumulated over the years. And I found a book. It is a phonetic dictionary of wines, wine terms, and vineyards. And so I thought, wow, this is great. So maybe, just maybe. I won't be destroying some names from some of these places that I try to pronounce. So uh, we'll see. Does it cover like worldwide wineries or? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. But it's old though. The copyright is very old on this. So there's probably a lot of them out there that aren't in this book. Yeah. See the copyright on this book is 1982, you know, something I accumulated over the years. So we're looking a lot, uh, almost 30 years ago and 28 years ago. Uh, so, uh, but we, there is that, could have used that ten years ago when we started. <laughs> yes, yeah, when yeah, we really could have, you know. Uh, but it's it's good. It's it, things like uh, uh, everything. It's just how to pronounce uh, vineyards and how to pronounce uh, like good red and white wines from uh, from Mia Italy is is Fall Erno. F A L E R N O, Falerno. And but see it's, it has a phonetic pronunciation and all this stuff all through here. So it's uh, even German, you know. Uh is a German wine label term for a state bottle. And it's implying high quality. So I thought, wow, I this this is good. I i really wish I'd found this a long time ago. So but uh, it's a good, yeah, yeah. So I, I just, uh, yes, it is very, very handy. It, actually, it's a half a book. The other half a book is 
an alphabetical arrangement of alcoholic beverages and other pertinent information. And the other side is um, for cocktails and stuff like that, things that go into cocktails, like uh, Casanova. It's an Italian sweet orange and herb cordial. And uh, Sherry Herring, C. Peter Herring. Hmm. What? Uh, K-L-M-N-O. Peter Herring. Uh, and Peter Herring, formerly Sherry Herring, an excellent proprietary cherry liqueur. Hmm, how about that? Don't call it Sherry Herring. It's Peter Herring. So, but it's it's a neat little book. I just, and I had this set in here, and I, I wanted to, all of you who listen to me to destroy names, I might be able to pronounce them right now. So, there you go. But as Mike was saying, not to interrupt him, we are back. We took last week off. Mike was in Colorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. not a good time to go to Colorado for all of you who are thinking about flying out there for the weekend or something. Don't. Well, it, it wasn't, but I heard that, yeah, I heard they're getting more of the good stuff uh, this, this uh, very soon this weekend or sometime. Yeah, Not this weekend I think. supposed to hit there. He he flew out there and now, now you gotta realize that there's a boy who's been living in Florida for many years now. And he flew mm-hmm. out to the middle of that snow. So yep. not... left here it was uh, mid eighties and got there it was seventy four and that night it went down to twenty eight and it was um what's what's uh what's that uh, Queen Elsa from uh, Frozen? Yeah, she visited <laughs> and uh, just dumped uh, 10 inches of snow on the ground. So <laughs> and you, you were saying that they don't get that much in a month and they gave. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah they, they said the average for the month of October is four inches of snow. And in one day we had six to 10 inches uh, and it just yeah. kept coming down. It, uh, I, I stepped outside. I don't know if you saw my live, my live uh, video I did, but I, I stepped outside for a couple of seconds. I said, Oh, I'm going to step outside in this, open the door and the snow was going sideways. And you just, <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I'm like, all right, and that's my live video. See you all later. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. I I had to laugh. I just <laughs> I was yeah. freezing. I had gloves yeah. on. I was freezing. I just couldn't. It was like biting me. Like God, <laughs> terrible, terrible. I don't know how they do that. I don't either. You know, and with apologies to all you people who live in that weather and enjoy it and say, oh, this is great. Good for you. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. <laughs> Not, we, not for somebody down here. In, yeah, not for us. Just not our winter for us. is we, 70 degrees. Our winter is coming up this weekend, actually, and, and people are yeah, talking about COVID. Yeah, we're going to get a, a bit of it, yeah. <laughs> but then it's going to warm back up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just I, – I, I played golf this morning, and after I got into the car and the car temperature said 91 degrees, I mean, you know, it just – yeah, so – Oh, nice well. fall day. <laughs> yes, nice fall day here in Florida. Yeah. Yep. But uh, we're supposed to get a cold front come through, and we're supposed to drop down to 56 by, I think, Monday morning, something like that. Wow. So, yeah, mm. and definitely keep out the heavy jackets for us. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but uh, not to laugh at you. I'm laughing with you on that. That's just that's that's too bad. Your vacation was. 
It was a snow day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And people were going to school. The little kids were still going to school in this stuff. I thought, Are you oh, yeah. yeah. Ah, this is nothing. You know, it's just, I'll never forget a story my cousin told me many years ago. I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri. I mentioned this before. And it would snow, and we'd stomp off to school in the middle of the snowstorms and stuff like that. I mean, it was just, that was normal. And he moved to Texas. He and his wife and his kids moved to Texas. And he got up one morning, and there was like a dusting, literally a dusting of snow all over the place. And he bundled up his kids and sent them off to school. And about an hour later, they came home. And they go, why aren't you in school? And they said, well, the school was closed today because of the snow. <laughs> and, you know, I just, yeah, okay. I mean, just, you know, different things for different people, I guess. So, but uh, All right. I'm, Not used to it, I'm glad you're, you're back with us and back here in warm Florida and you yeah. recovered. Yeah. It is good. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, or recovering, as the case may be. Okay. So we got got some things to talk about. We're going to talk about mostly about the fires out in California, uh, the Kincaid fire up in Sonoma, and uh, the one in Southern California, and all that. So we'll uh, talk about that in a minute. But first, what are we coming up with the food holidays here? National Bittersweet Chocolate with Almonds Day is today. And also, it is National Men Make Dinner Day. So, guys, you know, fire up the grill. Oh, forget that. I guess Florida is the only place where we can fire grills right now, unless you want to go out in the snow and do it. So, But today's National Men Make Dinner Day. Tomorrow, National Cappuccino Day. And also, Cook Something Bold Day. So, with that Cook Something Bold, make yourself... Something that's going to jump out at you and open yourself up a bottle of good red wine and enjoy with it. Saturday, National Scrapple Day. Well, there's something you can look up for me. I'm not sure what Scrapple is. Uh Uh-oh, my engineer just made a noise in the background. She said, never mind. (laughs) What's Scrapple? I don't know. Oh, you really don't or are you just saying that? I don't know. Oh, She doesn't know. Rabbit? Ooh. I wouldn't. I don't think I could do this. Uh, It's also known by the Pennsylvania Dutch name, uh, whatever it means. It says you need that, um, what do you call it, pronunciation on this, but uh, pan rabbit. uh, Traditionally a mush of pork scraps and trimmings combined with cornmeal and wheat flour. Often bucket flours. Okay. Okay. Looks interesting. They have a they have a day dedicated to that? Oh my gosh. Scrapple. <laughs> <laughs> with Yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, I'm glad it's not a month. Uh, it's just a day. With apologies to all of you who like Scrapple, but ooh. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> really. So that's Saturday. So if you're gonna have Scrapple Saturday, then uh, boy, why well, I don't know. Uh, red wine with it, I guess. You can try. If you do scrap on, you have a wine, let me know what you had with it. Sunday, National Vanilla Cupcake Day. 
So that's that's a good day. Have yourself get the, a cupcake and get some Gewurztraminer and get some sweet wine. That would be a, a fun combo there. Monday, Veterans Day. So thank you all of you veterans out there for your service and uh, celebrate Monday. There's lots of free stuff for veterans on Monday too. Lots and lots of free stuff. Free meals and free coffees at different places and all that. So carry your DD-214 with you if you're a veteran and flash it to people. Or if you're in the VA hospital system, you get your card, whatever. But Monday's a uh, is Veterans Day. I think uh, uh, Fantastic Sam's um, Barber's uh, is giving free haircuts to veterans that day. So that's something else, too. But again, thank you for your service. And it's also National Sunday Day, as in ice cream, not as in day of the week. National Sunday Day is Monday. Tuesday, National French Dip Day. So have yourself some beef on the uh, dry roll and dip it into your sauce or your, well, it's not really sauce. It's uh, your gravies or whatever. And enjoy that. Open up a bottle of Beaujolais and enjoy with that. Tuesday, National Indian Pudding Day. Well, there's something else. What's the difference between Indian pudding and other puddings? I have no idea. And it doesn't say if it's, I guess it's Native American Indian. So that's something else you can look up, Mike, if you will. National Indian Pudding Day. The next Thursday, week from today, we will be back. It's National Pickle Day, National Spicy Guacamole Day, and World Diabetes Day. And being diabetic myself, I'm, I'm glad to hear that they're doing that. So that's what's coming up for the following week here. So match your stuff up with your scrapple. Did you find Indian pudding? I'm uh, I'm actually – it's um, – I don't see any – Difference than what we have now so far. It's um, it's a uh, the day recognizes a cold weather classic on November 13th each year. Serve up this traditional New England dessert uh, that's sure to wow. Um, it's uh, blah blah blah. Cornmeal, oh, Indian meal. Okay, yeah, there is a there's a couple of differences here, but um, they. Uh, the, some of the ingredients, cinnamon, uh, ground ginger, butter, eggs, raisins, and nuts. Uh, they also add uh, molasses or maple syrup. Um, it, it does go way back, though. It goes uh, before 1900. Wow. Yeah. Um, hmm. Long cooking time, and uh, some restaurants serve the dish. Um and you can also have vanilla ice cream or whipped cream uh, with the uh, Indian pudding. Oh, I've never heard of that either. Look at that. It goes back to 1900. We learn stuff on this show, not just about wine, but cuisine and all sorts of stuff. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, Indian pudding. Yeah, I have to get on the internet and say, Indian pudding restaurants in my area and see if there's any there that uh, might might serve that. It sounds good, though, with all that stuff in it. And put put a, a scoop of vanilla ice cream on top of it. That might be very, very good. So, 
So, okay, well, there you go. That's what you have coming up for this coming week. So enjoy opening yourself up a bottle of wine with each of the different days' cuisine and have yourself some nice pairings. Speaking of pairings, while I'm on food, I've got some wineries to tell you about the things coming up. But while, while I'm on it here, I found an article on – oh, wait a minute. We don't want that. My computer just jumped over to another screen here. There we go. We're back. Uh, okay. Wild Alaska seafood pairings. This is always good. Alaska salmon. Uh, pairs well with sparkling light whites, rosés, light low tannin reds. Uh, they uh, suggest that if you have king salmon, Bo- Gamay Beaujolais or California Sauvignon Blanc, sockeye salmon goes well with white Bordeaux, Australian Chardonnay, Simeon blends, or if you're going beer, golden or blonde ale. And coho is good with medium-bodied Italian whites, such as a suave or even sherry-based cocktails. Keta, K-E-T-E, Keta salmon. I haven't heard of that. Pinot Grigio is the bottle to open with that. And then pink salmon is great with rosé, especially those made with Grenache or Pinot Noir. And then... uh, a Belgian-style beer. So that's good wines with salmon. We also have Alaska whitefish. Pair this with a medium-bodied aromatic white. Halibut, California uh, Sauvignon Blanc, a medium-bodied Italian white, such as Vermentino, and then wheat or white beer. Sablefish, Pinot Grigio, Alberino, or a Pilsner. Alaska Pollock is great with the New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Cod, Sancerre or aromatic Italian wise, such as, uh, and we'll see, I can look this up, Fiana di Avellino. And uh, you want something just, it's a little hint of, of sweetness in the fish, so this uh, these wines will bring it out. If you're having sole or flounder, you grab an unoaked Chardonnay, rockfish, open a voignet, a rosé, or uh, especially a rosé from the province, and then if you're going beer, go amber ale. And then Alaska shellfish, and it pairs well with medium-bodied, aromatic, slightly acidic white wines. For example, king crab is great with New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Snow crab have a New World Riesling, such as those from Washington State or Oregon. Uh, Dungeness crab, open a Pinot Gris. Shrimp are spot prawn, a Pinot Grigio or a dry stall sherry. Oysters, grab a sparkling wine especially an Italian Prosecco or a Spanish Cava. Or you, if you are into it, tequila and lime juice. Uh, put that in a Bloody Mary. And then a stout beer, if you want oysters with beer. 
then Weathervane scallops, oaked Chardonnay, or any wheat beer goes well with it. So if you're going to have any of those. Yeah, I'm surprising that a lot of people I uh, talk to in different parts of this country go and start getting into seafood this time of year. I don't know why, but it's it's something that's very, very popular this time of year. And let's see. Um, Uh, let's see. Pairings oftentimes our in-house demo team pairs either beer or wine with a food item that is being sampled in the store to help the consumer think of the whole meal experience. So if you uh, have a local store that's doing it, see if they're sampling wines with the stuff you're shopping for this Thanksgiving, and you might find yourself a new wine pairing too. But big, big section of here on wine pairings and stuff. It just interesting section. I'm not going to go through all of it, but those. Seafood combos there are, are interesting and, and fun. Engineer just bought me my wine for this evening. This is from Lodi, California. Lodi Old Vine Zinfandel. This is the Seven Deadly Zins. I love this wine. Uh, I always have. This is one of my favorite Zinfandels. 2016 vintage on it. The back label says... Sinful indeed. This wickedly delicious Zimbabwe is temptation at first sip. Born from a Catholic school upbringing and our winemaker's lust for hedonistically seductive wine, this flagship old vine Zimbabwe hails from the uh, invaluable Lodi Appalachian near Zim, oh, I'm sorry, where Zimbabwe reigns supreme. We've given our souls to growing some of the finest grapes so that saints and sinners alike can enjoy the seven deadly zins. This is bottled by seven deadly zins in Livermore and Ripon, California. Uh, Check it out at 7deadlyzens.com. That's seven number, not spelled out. It is, oh, this is certified sustainable grape growing by the Lodi Rules Program. So I'm not sure what the Lodi Rules Program is, but this is certified sustainable grape growing. So that's interesting. I don't know if that means it's, well, I'm sure they would have said if it's organic. So I'll have to check out what the, Lodi Grape Growing Program is. I've never heard of that. Lodi Rules Program, rather. So, Seven Deadly Zins. It's uh, it's very good. Let me uh, let me give you a quick review of this here. Oh, I love the aroma on that. It's got the classic Zimmerdale aroma that just you know comes out. It's Good color for Zimbabwe. It's not real dark, but it's it's just it's got a nice garnet color. Oh, good. A little acidic, but it has some good fruitiness to it. The Tannins are low on this. This is one of the reasons why I, I think it's enjoyable. It's it's a drink now, Zimbabwe, not one that 
I would consider putting away. I think if you put it away, I don't think anything would happen to it, except that, you know, maybe the acid might be a little bit more pronounced. You don't want that. It's got some, a little bit of black currant, blackberry taste to it. So uh, it's it's very good. I've always enjoyed the Seven Deadly Zins wine. I think it's one of the one of the better Zimbadols out there for a, a young drink now Zimbadol. You don't want one that's going to age. This is the way to go on the Seven Deadly Zins. All right. Now, I got – let me pull it up here. I think I'm going to pull it up here. Oh, what are you doing? What? Well, maybe I might have to search for it for a couple of minutes here because – this certainly isn't coming up right away like it's supposed to. Uh, the uh, wineries that are doing stuff here, and I will have that shortly as soon as my computer says, hey, we're ready. And this isn't what we want. Let's go to this and see if this is it. I don't know why it lost it. I had it pulled up here at the top of the show, and then all of a sudden it disappeared. There we go. All right. Wineries, what do we got coming up here? Amazing Grace Winery says, don't forget Thanksgiving. Now, it's coming up in, what, three weeks? I think that's right, isn't it? We've got uh, today's the 7th, 14th, 21st, and then the 28th is Thanksgiving. So we'll have two more shows, and we're going to take another week off. They said, this is from uh, Amazing Grace Vineyard and Winery at AmazingGraceWinery.com, A-M-A-Z-I-N-G, Grace, G-R-A-C-E, Winery.com, AmazingGraceWinery.com. They have this weekend special Thanksgiving panini. Apple and cranberry stuffed pork loin with cider gravy, spinach, and cheese ravioli in a creamy pumpkin Alfredo sauce. Pumpkin Alfredo. Hmm. They also have gift certificates available. They have uh, Taste of the Holidays, December 14th. They still have two seatings available, which is sold out way in advance. You can get a hold of them at 518 518- And that's Amazing Grace Winery. I always do this. I don't know why they don't have their address on this. But they don't. I think they're in... Well, I don't want to take a guess because I'd probably be wrong. But Amazing Grace Winery. That's the one uh, in Jay-Z, New York, I believe? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, Amazing Grace in Chasing New York. So if you're in New York this weekend, uh, number one, Amazing Grace Winery is having their uh, a dinner. And number two, it's going to be cold. So be careful out there if you're going to be going out. Next one we have for you is Whispering Oaks. Another beautiful weekend ahead, they say. Come join us for their steak night every week they have their steak night live music great food and amazing selection of wines 
Uh, as always, reservations are required. Twenty-eight fifty per person does not include tax, gratuity, or alcohol. Call them at 352-748-0449, and they are located in Florida, north of Tampa, at Oxford, Florida. Uh, their website, www.winesofflorida.com. They also have all sorts of stuff coming up in November here. A bunch of things happening on Friday and Saturday nights uh, throughout the month, every Friday and Saturday nights. And then on Sunday, they have things happening uh, also. So check them out, winesofflorida.com, that live music November 2019, they call it. And they are uh, coming in December they are celebrating support for service dogs to our veterans. Uh, and it's going to be an evening of service dogs to our veterans on December the 11th at 6 o'clock. So if you are in the area, that is a great event. There's quite a few organizations that provide service dogs to veterans. And this is one of them here. So by all means, check that out and support that. And they also have Poker Night coming up on Saturday, November 23rd. It's a charity Texas Hold'em tournament. And then live music again every weekend. So Whispering Oaks, Oxford, uh, Oxford California. Uh, California, there you go. Oxford, Florida, winesofflorida.com. And let's see, Tassel Ridge Winery. This is located in Iowa at uh, Lighton, Iowa. Lighton, Iowa, Lighton, I believe it is. And again, as always, they are busy with lots of stuff happening. They have Christmas tree bottles are now available at the winery. They're actually shaped like Christmas trees. Uh, they're little triangle things. They have their star-spangled white and their cranberry wine. These are 500 milliliter bottles, uh, and they do that every year. They are now available, so it's great gifts and stuff like that. If you're looking at something unique for Christmas gifts or to take to a, a party for Christmas, uh, Christmas tree bottles of wine and great. I guess they would ship that, too. Uh, some people put candles in them uh, when they're done with the wine. So that's something else to be cool. They also have a complimentary Tassel Ridge winery calendar available. And those are available while supplies last. I wonder if they'll send me one. I'm going to have to get a hold of them and see if I can't get one. And I believe they are having a meal in Coming up, their meal in the the vineyard has passed. That was a couple weeks ago, which is a good thing because it's going to get cold there. But they have soup of the week specials, cheeseburger chowder this week, baked potato soup next week, broccoli cheese soup the following week, and tomato bisque the last week of the month. So those are all going on. But Tassel Ridge Winery. Uh, really a nice place, and just uh, southeast of Des Moines. So if you're in that area, 
check them out. Again, it's uh, tasselridge.com. We have another one here, Keith Joshua Vineyard. They are located in southern Arizona at uh, Elgin, Arizona. They are uh, 370 Elgin Road, you know, almost in the middle of nowhere. Southeast Arizona Wine Growers Annual Festival will be March 7th and 8th at the vineyard there. So mark your calendars. It's a save and date coming up uh, the 7th and 8th. And there'll be 20 Arizona wineries at the event at Keith Joshua. So a good chance to taste a lot of Arizona wines at one location, which is always a great opportunity to do that. But that's March 20th. So mark your calendars for that. And they are Grapes to Grotto at Arizona Center in Phoenix on December 7th and 8th. November the 9th, which is the day after tomorrow from 3 to 9, they have Hot Air, uh, Hot Air Balloon Festival, which is fun. If you've ever been to the one in New Mexico, this one is smaller but great. And the... Uh, they have a wine festival this Saturday also. So a wine festival and a hot air balloon festival is both coming up on this Saturday. So check that out if you are in southern Arizona. It is kj-vineyards.com if you want more information or want to find out something. kjvineyards.com. Tablas Creek Vineyard, their newsletter is out. And... They are, again, talking about the vineyard and what they're doing, all that. They're located in uh, Sudbury, Massachusetts, which is going to get some really cold weather there. Uh, the grapevines are dormant there now, and they are looking at, uh, you know, staying inside, serving wine to the winter. I don't know if they close in the winter and not some of these places do but uh, it's still they're saying it's uh, no that's not right like it oh this they're talking about getting the grapes from Pasaropos and the, the temperatures in Pasaropos there and what they're doing there so but Tablas Creek Go to info at tablas, T-A-B-L-A-S, tablascreek.com, and get some uh, information and stuff there. Uh, Let's see. I've got some more wineries. Oh, well, it's not here. Let me go and look over here. And see a couple more wineries I got to tell you about that sent me some stuff and keeping me informed of what's going on. And as soon as this comes up, here we go. Henry River, Henry River Winery, Henry River Winery is located in. Uh, let me see, South Carolina. This Newberry, South Carolina. 803-276-2855. But Henry River 
this month at the winery, they're having a paint and pour event, which is the 16th, $15 per person. A uh, few spots left, so sign up for it. Henry River Winery t-shirts are available. Uh, tastings at the the winery Cranberry Thursday, so they have a cranberry wine out now. And holiday hours, there'll be closed Thanksgiving, 1128 and Friday 1129. But uh, Christmas hours haven't determined yet, but they're still going to be open the weekend after Thanksgiving. So if you're in South Carolina around Newberry on Thanksgiving weekend, check them out. They will they are available there. And let's see. Walsh Vineyard has, uh, that's at uh, WalshVineyard.com. W-A-L-T-Z, WalshVineyard.com. They're located in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. They're going to be getting some cold weather there, too. Uh, the... Uh, Six-course wine pairing dinner is scheduled for Tuesday, November the 12th at 6.30 to 9, $75 per person plus tax and gratuity. Oysters on the half shell, apple, celery, slaw, butternut, butternut squash shooter, and duck confit nacho. That would be served with Walsh Old Line Chardonnay. Then they're having some seared Chilean sea bass with saffron-scented cream with a Walsh Reserve Chardonnay. And then you go into a roasted grain stuffed quail served with Walsh Barren Red. Then shaved Brussels sprout and heirloom apple salad with Walsh Stiegel Rosé. Highborn Farms Venison Medallions preserved cherry and red wine demi-glaze with a Walsh Sherry Tree Merlot and ending it up with a roasted caramel apple toasted nut strudel. And crisp by Zach Walsh will be served with that. So, oh my gosh, you're getting all sorts of wines and nuts. Sounds like a fantastic meal, only $75. So that's Tuesday, November 20. Or November 12th, 6.30 to 9. And they also have stuff going on continuously. If you don't make it to that, they are located again in Old Line Road in Mannheim, Pennsylvania, waltzvineyards.com. We also have Delmonico Winery. And their Razzmatazz Raspberry is available now. And they... Uh, uh, I've seen lots of different theirs goes their page just sends you to links which is which is cool but it's just it's funny that they do it that way but the Rasmataz Raspberry is available they have other things going on uh, Bridal Showcase uh, Wine and Waltz uh, wines giving 11th anniversary event pitches and pints wine and waterfall uh, brunch and brews bunch of stuff going on at Walls for the month of well November 
December and into the first of January. So there's things happening all the time. So obviously they're not going to be closing down during the cold weather there during the winter months. So Walsh Vineyards and let me see if it tells me. No, it doesn't. Uh, I don't know. Our Demonical, rather. I said Walsh. I already passed that Demonical. Rasmataz Raspberry Wine. So, DemonicalWinery.com. D-E-L-M-O-N-A-C-O. DemonicalWinery.com. And, let's see. I think that's it. Let me check here and see if there's another one that I highlighted that I want to tell you about. But, no, that's it. So, there you go. Bunch of stuff happening in wineries in November. Check your local wineries. A lot of times they have local stuff that's happening at your local wineries, especially this time of year. They start doing, start getting into the holiday season and they start coming out with holiday stuff. Some of the wines are being bottled at this time at a lot of the wineries and different things are happening all over the place. So, check all those out and let me know what you have going on. Tell the winery. Get in touch with me. I'll tell about them. And even if they'd like to be on the show, I would love to do that for them, too. All right. Now, boy, we're already deep in the show. But that's okay because I have to tell you about the fires in California. You've heard of the fires. All of you have. And I, you can't help it. They keep talking about the wine country fire and the wine country fire is Sonoma. I, let me, I, I hate this. My computer lost what I was going to read you, but I will find it. That's not a problem. I can find it real fast here because, uh, nope, that's not it. I guess not as fast as I thought I could. Uh, well, crap. There was a great article here that was done. Okay, here it is. I think this is the one. Okay, yeah, this is this is one of them. This isn't the one I was really looking for, but this is one of them. This is the headline of this says firefighters push back Kincaid fire and Sonoma ventures begin to return home. Uh, it's, uh, many of the tens of thousands of evacuated residents of Sonoma County got word that they could return home. This is from the 30th, so the end of last month, this is just this last week, uh, words, our winds never grew too strong, so about 4 o'clock local time on the 30th, they lifted the warning of critical wind, and they allowed people to start returning home, though 70,000 homes and businesses remain without power. Uh, 
Four wineries were in the fire zone. Foley family wines faced a lot of danger during this past week. Uh, they issued a statement, quote, from all of Foley family wines, we would like to extend a sentiment of extreme gratitude for the heroic efforts of all first responders in fighting the Kincaid fire. With one winery located in Geyserville, which is Foley, Sonoma, and three on Chalk Hill Road, Lancaster, Roth, and Chalk Hill, we certainly feared for the worst. We were relieved and grateful to report that although a few of our properties suffered damage to non-essential buildings and equipment, all employees are accounted for and safe while our wineries escape major damage. And that was one of their... Um, oh, it continues. They take stock of what remains. And one thing is abundantly clear. There was a courageous and consuming fight to save what we hold dear. And they recognize that many in the industry were not as fortunate. Hearts go out to our colleagues and friends who were further affected. So it that is one winery that was spared any major damage. The as of the morning of the thirtieth, seventy six thousand eight hundred and twenty five acres have been burned. And that's not much of an increase. It's uh I believe it's 100% contained by now. Uh, the winery harvested last of its grapes before the fire started. Uh, ooh, is that the same winery? No, here we go. This is a, a different one. While some homes in Knights Valley were destroyed, the two best-known wineries, Peter, Peter Michael and Knights Bridge, survived. Knights Bridge winemaker Douglas uh, Danilek confirmed that the winery's property was unharmed. He says, quote, the fire came close, but everybody is safe. There seems to be better communication channels between the winery community and the first responders. Uh, the winery harvested the last of its grace before the fire started. And that's usually the case on most of these wineries. They've harvested, there's a few grapes left on vine, but most of them were harvested. Uh, they also, Russian River Valley had uh, some problems, but they went through that, and they said the warm weather prior to the fire helped to ripen the grapes. Uh, that made a huge difference in the quality of the red grapes to get over the hump. Venter Jake, Jake Bilbro is still waiting to return to Limerick, or Limerick, Limerick, I believe, Lane, his winery just outside of Hillsburg, but he knows it's still standing. The fire came very close, but in fact, it came all the way to our northern property line. We're feeling very, very fortunate. Got the National Guard to let in employees on site yesterday to add dry ice to the tanks and check on everything. We shut off the night fans, sealed the doors to the cellar prior to the evacuation, and the cellar is smoke-free. And many ventures have expressed gratitude to the emergency workers for how well that they've uh, worked to save the wineries and the vineyards. This isn't the article that I want to see. This is the one. No, that's not the one. That, well, maybe it is. No. But it is 
not as devastating as everyone thinks. The we're always hearing about the wine country fire, and it, it's not. It's it's Sonoma's wine country, yes, but it is not the only wine country. The state of California basically is wine country, if you want to look at it that way. And so Sonoma is just one area of it that has problems with fires. Something I did read, though, (coughs) excuse me, something I did read, and I can't find it now because this computer decided to lose that page. There has been problems in the fact that PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric, has cut off power. Now, you've all probably heard that. They decided that they would do rolling blackouts in different areas so that the power lines with the 80-mile-an-hour winds coming in wouldn't fall down and start fires. And it has proved to be counterproductive in a lot of areas because they weren't able to notify people to evacuate. Uh, I've seen reports where people had no power and they would look out their window and see on the hill approaching their house that the fire was running down the hill toward them. They have complained about PG&E's rolling blackouts. It has affected the wineries in Sonoma tremendously in the areas and the fact that they have picked the grapes and they have put them in tanks, but the fire coming in and no electricity, the tanks have gotten warm, very warm. The ones that are jacketed in coolers and stuff, there's no cooling system and they have gotten warm. I read an article stating that some of them have gotten way too warm and it could damage, seriously damage the crop, the grapes. One winery, and I can't remember which one it is because, like I said, I was going to read the article to you, but one winery said that they opened up one of their tanks and they smelled it and they should be smelling wine, red wine fermenting. They should be smelling uh, some of the uh, fermentation process, the uh, gases come out from it. They should be smelling different things like that. And they said all they got was the smelling of vinegar and just bad smells because the whole whole tank was destroyed basically because of the heat. Uh, they were talking about uh, $10,000 worth of wine destroyed in that one tank alone. There was others that was opening up. There was what was that? Are you still with me? Am I still with you? Yes and yes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to mute that. No, no, that's okay. As long as, I, as long as I'm not losing you, I don't worry about the sounds there. One of the problems, too, is that they're pulling out some cellared wines, and these cellared wines got hot, the ones that from... Uh, late 80s, and they're big bottles or magnums. They're not 750 bottles or magnums. 
and these have gotten hot, and they said that these could sell for four or five hundred dollars a bottle, but now they're probably destroyed. So it's affecting them in lots of ways. They might not have lost a vineyard, they might not have lost a building, but it's affecting them on the heat of the wines that are being fermented, and it's affecting them on the bottles that they're storing and stuff. Now, couple of, uh, some of the wineries, a lot of the wineries store their wines off-site. They just keep enough wine at the winery for tasting. Once they're fermented, once they're done, once they're bottled, they store them in warehouses. And that is a common practice in California. I mean, it's not just Sonoma, but it's throughout California. And because of that, they didn't have a great loss of inventory. They still have wines available in the warehouses. So the, what they're losing is wines that are fermenting right now that is at the winery, the ones that are around the vineyards and stuff. And that's the ones that they're losing. I made a phone call to the California Wine Institute a couple of days ago and uh, left a message Gladys uh, Horauchi called me back, and we talked for, you know, 20, 30 minutes about what was going on there. I called California Wine Institute, and they're located in San Francisco. They, we, we've talked to them in the past. Uh, the, we interviewed somebody from the California Wine Institute on the program a number of years ago. I don't know how long ago, because... I know it wasn't over 10 because we've been on 10, but anything short than that, I have no idea. But talk to Gladys, and she was very, very informative. I said, what about the Kincaid fire in Sonoma? I said, any wineries destroyed? She says, Sonoma produces 6% of the state grapes. 6% is all. I was amazed that that's all. She said Napa produces 4% and Mendocino County 3%. So when you're looking at the amount of grace being produced by these areas, they are relatively small. Now you, you have to consider too that you have Central Valley that produces a lot of grapes and a lot of these wineries that do bulk grapes, if you will, Gallo and stuff like that, that churn out grapes. A lot of those are from Central Valley. There's a lot of wineries and a lot of vineyards in the foothills too, and in Southern California. Temecula, which is one that people are well aware of, Temecula was not affected at all uh, for uh, any fires or anything or any smoke coming out of Los Angeles. They were completely, uh, completely smoke-free, and had no problem. But the uh, let's see, that's what I want there. But Sonoma, even with the smoke and stuff, it is pretty pretty good. Now, the the, the fire that hit Southern California was in Ventura. And that is not a lot of wineries there. So 
therefore it is uh, pretty safe as far as that goes. So there wasn't a lot of problem with that. And the uh, what she said, and she emphasized this throughout the conversation, uh, well, one of the things, the, the fires were in northeast Sonoma. That's where the big Kincaid fire was. And Excuse me. The big Kincaid fire was in northeast Sonoma. And being in northeast Sonoma, it oh, didn't affect a lot of the fires. And the, the smoke and stuff was actually very well contained within that area there. Uh, the, the winds were strong and the winds blew hard, but the winds also dissipated dissipated the smoke very well. And so they didn't have as much problem with it as they thought they would. The perception of the fire being bad, she kept emphasizing, is more of an issue than actual fire, which is true. I understand that fully. The perception of something happening to the state will affect more than anything else. A good example, Florida. We have a hurricane go through here, and everybody thinks that Florida's got blown away. It could hit the panhandle. Everybody thinks, oh, we can't go to Florida because of the hurricane. When the oil spill hit, and you're talking about the oil on the coast, tourism throughout the state dropped because people thought that the state was full of oil. And it just was on the coast and very little of it there. It's the perception of a problem keeps people away. And she said, this is an issue now. The, all the tasting rooms in Sonoma are open, except for two or three of them. And those are the ones that were actually affected more than anything. Otherwise, everybody's open, she said, but the tourism is way down because of the perception of the bad fires and stuff in Sonoma. And they keep referring to it, instead of the Kincaid fire, they refer to it as the wine country fire. So people who are into tasting wines and doing things think, oh no, wine country in Sonoma is, is burning up and because of the fire, and so therefore it is really affecting them. They're staying away. People are staying away. Perception is the worst thing about the the issue. So, oh boy, that I didn't want that. Let's see. Uh, she did point me to a couple of great websites, and I will put them on the Facebook page as soon as I get off the show. One of the websites is westcoasttravelfacts.org. It is, in fact, I lost it. I had it saved up here, and I lost it. Uh, Westcoasttravelfacts.org, there it is. Westcoasttravelfacts.org is a West Coast travel 
Washington, Oregon, and California. It is a very interesting site. It's got webcams and uh, it shows where webcams are in places, the visitor centers, and air quality. And the air quality is really quite good in the whole region, whole area. The you can uh, pull it up and enlarge it and see different areas that you want to go to and see different areas that you want to see. And air quality is great throughout the region. Uh, the they measure air quality on a scale of zero to let's see where is it here. I'll find it in just a second. Oh, there it is. Okay. They measure air quality on a scale of 0 to 50 is good. 50 to 100 is moderate. 101 to 200 unhealthy. And 200 to 300 plus hazardous. And the entire West Coast from Canadian border to the Mexican border, there is no unhealthy air quality. So the smoke is gone. It's, it's not any issue at all. The highest one that I saw in here was like, you know, 63. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I see one in Southern California is 105 here. Um, but that's that's the only only one. And let's see if we can get this a little bit bigger here and see if we can pinpoint where that is. Yeah, there's some down there between Los Angeles and... Oh, it's this northern area there. There we go. Yeah, along the coast. That's where that's where the fires are hitting. Los Angeles, 137. Santa Monica, Long Beach, Huntington Beach, all 137. <coughs> Everything else is lower than that into the moderate range. So the fire smoke is not affecting any any areas and particularly not the the wineries, not the the vineyards. Most areas in California are not affected. Wineries, again, you know, all about wine. California Wine Institute says that most areas are not affected by the fires. Most wineries, except for two or three of them that have had some some damage, are not affected. All the workers from all the wineries in Sonoma and different areas where the fires were all the workers were sent home to be with their families. And so they've all survived and recovered and did well. It was not an issue at all with the workers. The wineries themselves has not had too much of an issue. Everything is seems to be turning out quite well. Let's see, the air quality... And uh, let's see, that's San Jose. Let me get a little bit higher here. Uh, okay. Yeah, the air, air quality on up in Sonoma, that area there is under 50. So air quality is still good up in that area, and there's no problems with air quality issues. So the fires are 100% contained. And I wish we're. These are current conditions, too. This is, is up to date on this. But check out, I'd like to say, I'll put that on Facebook page, West Coast Travel Facts. And then there's 
another site that she told me about, which is really a great site, is called discovercaliforniawines.com. And I'll post that up on the Facebook page also. And this really is a great map and site to tell you about it. It shows you can drop down to excuse me, drop down to different regions like Sonoma County. It highlights that and highlights all the wineries there. Then you can it will show the varietals available in that area, which you would be amazed how many different grapes are grown in these areas. And so it shows varietals and also the anonymities, uh, amenities for the area, the, the food and, and restaurants and gardens and picnic areas and uh, sustainable, organic, biodynamic, uh, all sorts of stuff. There's a lot of them that are in, in that uh, category, which is sustainable, organic, and or biodynamic. But this breaks everything down here. Fantastic site that she pointed out. Uh, so, again, I will post this up there, discovercaliforniawines.com. But overall, it's the fire is not an issue. The perception of the fire being an issue right now is the biggest thing. I said, well, what, what can be done? I'm just, and she said, the best thing to do is tell your people that listen to the show that they really want to help when they go to the store, buy Sonoma wines. Look on the label. For Sonoma. And if it's a Sonoma wine, she said, buy Sonoma wines. That will help more than anything. That will start circulating the money back in because people are not going to the wineries. The perception of the area being so bad and the, the fires and everything. And because of that, they are concerned about what they're going to do. Is you know, is it going to pick back up soon? What's what's going to happen? So she said, if you, you know, tell the people that what they need to do is buy Sonoma wines. And you can do that. Look on the, look on the label. And the label will tell you if it is Sonoma or Napa or whatever. And pick up some Sonoma wines. Make it, well, through the holidays, everything. Uh, when you are looking for wines for Thanksgiving or Christmas or gifts or anything else like that, a great opportunity to help them is to get Sonoma wines. Start buying some Sonoma wines, pick them up, and that will be your little part in helping them get back on their feet after the fires. But um, otherwise, they're doing well with your help. They'll be better and so that's it yeah i read uh i read something also uh was on tablet creek's uh, winery while you were talking about them I'm, i don't remember if you mentioned this but uh all through the month of november if you buy um, a bottle of tablet creek online on the phone or in their uh teaching room uh one dollar for every bottle will go towards the kincaid fire uh relief uh so oh. That's a good cause. So you're you're supporting the winery there as well as the relief efforts uh, in in a uh, way as well. So um, oh, fantastic. 
I found a reference to uh, from the Los Angeles Times on November 3rd, uh, Mike Brunson of Christopher Creek Winery in the Russian River Valley of uh, Sonoma County. Uh, I'm not sure if this is what you were referring to, but he says that um, they opened up one of the tanks. It's, it's uh, supposed to smell like fresh fruit and a little bit of alcohol and a little bit of carbon dioxide. Um, <laughs> that's the product. And he says, now you can smell the starting of a vinegar, nail polish, ethyl acetylate uh, uh, type of thing. So it's, it's uh, that kind of a scent now when they open the tanks up. Um, That's exactly what I was looking at. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm searching so many keywords. I'm like, it's got to be in here somewhere. But yeah. Um, yeah. so they talk about that and uh, some of the effects and everything. It's it's a pretty good article from the Los Angeles Times that uh, um, they talk about the wildfire and the effect. So uh, the Kincaid yeah. fire. So oh, good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, that's the one I was looking at. That's the one that. Uh, you know, it's just it's the heat is what did it. The heat did more damage than anything, and yeah. it's because they turned off the electricity. I mean, mm. it's and then you think, well, you know, it might have affected it anyway with the fires going through burning power lines and stuff. But who knows? You know, I mean, it just yeah. so yeah, I don't know. But the, the heat really did a number on a lot of these. Uh, a lot of these stored wines and a lot of these fermenting wines. Yeah, so. definitely not not the uh, smoke or the fire itself. It's just shutting the power down and the heat from it. So uh, that's right. Yeah, and the smoke good. is insignificant on this fire. They had the stuff picked, and mm. this was a good thing about it. Most of most of the stuff was already picked and in tanks. Yeah. And yeah, said that. The article um, that the uh, they had about ninety five percent of their grapes uh, harvested before the fire hit, uh, but then they turned around and said that on the minus side, the fruit had recently been cooked and was early in the crucial fermentation process. Uh, right. They had ninety five, you know, harvested everything ready to you know continue on. But, um, because if we're hmm. on the vines, it, you know, you you got chances of smoke taint jump up mm-hmm. exponentially. So wow. it, it's a good thing that they did have it picked. But again, you know, it's it's a wait and see. But, uh, you know, buy Sonoma wines when you're out there. You know, pick up Sonoma yeah. wines. It says so right on the label, and that, that could help. But, yeah. yeah. Well, good. Thank you for following up. Find that article for me. That was – that's what I was referring to, that – I have to I have to mute my microphone during you know during your your uh, when you're going through everything because otherwise you'll hear me typing constantly it's like oh. <laughs> <laughs> let me get that in <laughs> let me get that oh wait a minute what do you say I was typing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then I miss it in my notes and then I just start copying stuff but uh, yeah very, very good uh, interesting um. Okay, we will, uh, let's see, we will close the show for now and return on the 14th of November. That's next Thursday. Next so, Thursday. Uh, and again, Tuesday, better, or Monday, Veterans Day. And thank you, veterans, um, yeah, Steph. for your service and for everything. Uh, I do appreciate it. And any mm-hmm. Vietnam veterans, welcome home. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, we will... Um, 
we'll go ahead and close the show for now. Uh, join us again at uh, 7 p.m. next week, um, Eastern Time, right here on Blog Talk Radio or Facebook on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Thank you. Be safe and uh, have a good week. We'll see you next time. Thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.